You're listening to the podcast for grain merchandisers by grain merchandisers. Join us in our good humored attempt to serve as a voice of reason in an industry fraught with misconceptions and half truths. And now, from deep in America's heartland, this is the Elevator's Cut. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Elevator's Cut. I'm one of your hosts, Roger Gaddis. And I am your other host, Jason Wheeler. And we're pretty excited about today's episode. Been looking forward to this one for a, for a good bit. We're joined from across the pond today. We've got, as you know him, uh, on the internet, Captain Grain Captain Dan, right? Is that how... Do, is on the was, internet? Yeah. You could be more on, specific than the, the Twitter, internet. Twitter box. I don't know his exact grain handle, but um, but Dan, you you're you're with us, right? That's right, yes. Hello. All right. What's the what's the exact Twitter handle? Uh, uh I think it's Grain Pirate Dan. Grain Pirate Dan. There we go. You Captain know, Dan. It's uh well, there's the the it's interesting because you have the handle, and then you have your description of the handle. There's two different things, you know, some people have a handle in their real name and some people just have, you know, things that change all the time, but the etymology of it's pretty interesting, you know? So, so Dan is Dan Murphy and, and Dan, you're with, you're, uh, you come to us from, uh, the great land of the UK. Yes. And, uh, and, uh, I will probably butcher any of the, which we'll get into this in a culture bit later on, you know? But I did see, and being from Arkansas, we refer to things in distance, not in miles, but how long it takes you to get there. So I did a Google map. So for our listeners, Google map says where Dan is at is like three and a half hours north, northeast of London. Is that fair? Yeah, that's, I would say that's quite right. By, by lorry or truck, right? Not by bicycle or foot. No, that's it. By road. That's right. And, and you're... Uh, operations manager at the at the co-op there right yes uh, i'm operations manager here at wald grain storage okay um wh- where I've, I've been since uh january 2010 nice nice so uh tell us a little bit about what you do and, and how you got to where you're uh at right now dan um okay well i uh, i'm originally from uh, Leeds in West Yorkshire. Uh, grew up in in the suburbs, so definitely not uh, of an agricultural background. Um, but agriculture was always something that I wanted to get into as a career. Um, I, after leaving school, I went to agricultural college in Kent for three years. Did a um, agriculture degree, um, and uh, after that went into um uh well looked for something in um farm management uh ended up as an assistant farm manager um until my uh my boss my employer he retired fairly suddenly um and that's when i started at Walgreen. Nice. So the, now, as we were talking a little bit before, before now, um, the, 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 you're the operations manager there at the elevator at the co-op, the, the co-op setup 
Uh, and you've done a good job explaining to us. So I'd, I'd like you to kind of lay a little bit out to our listeners is, is a little different from what us here in the States and, and maybe even in, in Canada is used to as far as the setup. You know, when we think of a co-op here, at least in the States, it's, it's member owned. That's pretty universal. I think that's the definition of a cooperative, but yes. here anyway, the co-op handles the grain and also merchandises the grain. And, and, and your setup is a little different. Tell us a little bit about that, Dan. Yes, uh, ours, we are purely a storage cooperative. Um, the, the, the stories, it's a true cooperative owned by the, the farmers, the growers. Um, we don't do uh, any of the things that, that your co-op elevators might do um, in America. So we don't do any buying or selling of grain we don't sell pet food or hot dogs or deer corn or buckets of prepper wheat we don't do any of that <laughs> um all all we do is the just the, the physical storage of actual grain um which is then sold by our farmer members uh, through four merchants that we deal with and so you know with that being said what's the 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 to give our listeners an idea what's the capacity again we're, we're, we're quizzing because we were trying to do the math conversions and uh you yeah know, we the, were... this this is probably the 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 first time we'll come up against the language barrier so our <laughs> our total capacity um at the moment is a hundred thousand metric tons um, and, and we had a, a, a rough stab in the dark converting that into uh, bushels of wheat and, and came up with, uh, what do you think, Jason? Was, uh, I think 3.67 million bushels yes. of wheat you can hold. Yeah. Okay. Um, but about half of the store, it changes slightly every year with the specifics of the members. Uh, rotations on farms um, but typically about half of the store would be taken up with wheat um, and then probably ab about another third would be barley split between feed barley malting barley um, and the rest would be uh, oil seed then beans which is field beans um, which you either go for animal feed or export usually to North Africa for human consumption. Um, and then we store a few oats, uh, sometimes do a bit of rye. And for the first time we've stored maize this year. I noticed you pronounced it oats. And uh, I, as a, you know, proper English speaker, I appreciate that. <laughs> our, our neighbors to the North don't, don't uh, pronounce it that way so i i appreciate what, it. how do they pronounce it they they do oets okay <laughs> they really go all in well if there's if, a vowel they want to get it if, all over it if there's anything that an american and a brit could agree on it's that the canadians always say it wrong <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so you got you got the grains up there and uh Y'all will, I mean, here we are, uh, what, first part of June, I guess? Yes. And uh, so, so you guys 
we'll have some stuff rolling in here pretty quick, right? Or do you already? Yeah, uh, uh, we, it all depends on the weather a bit, but sure. I would say we're between six and eight weeks away from seeing some new crop harvest intake at the moment. Yep. Um, so uh, this sort of May, June, July period is usually a bit of a mad panic uh, to, <laughs> to get the store empty or, or em certainly empty enough to start with the uh, oilseed canola um, and, and the, the start of the, the winter drilled barley that will be coming in first. Um, it's not ideal, but as long as we've got space to put those to start the first couple of weeks of harvest, get us through to the first week of August um, before the spring barley and the wheat start, um, then that's that's what we'll do. So you'll have multiple crops coming in at the same time here at the end of summer then, right? You'll oh, just, yes. Yeah. yeah. So do, do, you guys don't ever dump stuff in the wrong bin, do you? Um, we we don't, but because uh, we've got uh, some fancy computer software that stops you doing it. Oh, nice! So if you've got a um, because our pits run into some small uh, intake bins, wet bins um, that take about two hundred tons each, uh, and if you try and send one of those, that's um, oats if you try and putting that into a barley bin or a wheat bin the computer will stop you doing it nice that's always nice because uh, you know listeners you can go online and look up the, the elevator where, where dan's at and see but they've they've got a fair amount of bins there you know it's it's yeah. a lot of segregation and, and obviously dealing with that many crops you have to so i, I would see uh that computer program it'll almost be a necessity to to to, you know, because it's the old joke in the grain business. It's not, you know, if you'll put uh, beans in the corn bin, but when you'll put beans in the corn bin, you know. So yeah. obviously we try, try to stop that, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. So how do you, uh, so over here, you guys don't don't buy it, sell it. Over here, of course, the elevator buys it and we trade basis and, and uh, uh, you follow us uh, yep. on, on some of that stuff. But um obviously that that's not the case over there but this podcast is the elevator's cut so what would you say is the elevator's cut in the okay so for us um we we charge obviously charge our members for what we do um, mm -hmm. and our our annual charges include the haulage from the farm into the store at harvest um, and being a cooperative, we run that charge as tight as possible so that because it, ultimately it's all coming out the members' pockets. Right. Um, so we keep our, our charges, our store charges, our drying charges um, as, as, as low as possible. Um, and then the, the added value that we create in store um by the magic blending that we do um <laughs> we we then recover that from our four merchants at the end of the year um which uh, usually helps to run the stock 
So you you own all the trucks then? You send trucks to the farm to Yeah, we they are they're not they don't belong to us, um, but we have a uh, well, an a, an arrangement that's that's been in, in place as long as the store's been here since 1982 that that we work with a, a, a collection of very dedicated local hauliers um that that collect the grain from the farms uh, at harvest and bring it into the store um and and without those hauliers we wouldn't have a business i hate that the truth so do it, it do you have any farmers that have their own storage on their farm or we do yes okay. um but we find that uh, more or less every farmer that owns space with us uh, owns it for a different reason um so we've we've got people uh who are who are tenants who who rent their farm from a landlord um who, who obviously have, have very little incentive to to build storage space on their own farms um but they can own the asset with us um and and, and are not basically building an asset for their landlord on on a farm that's, that doesn't belong to them mm-hmm. um we have uh, growers that simply can't get planning permission to build storage because of where their farms are um and we we have other other people that have uh farmyards that they want to get planning on for residential use um which would be worth a lot more in the long run um so have space with us instead um and we've got people that have plenty of storage on the farm but use it for other things sure um because most of the grain storage on farm it's not silos like you'd see in america canada like we've got it's it's big open sheds um, that that are fairly flexible with the uses you, you could give it. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. We're seeing. I mean, I don't know how big a percentage, but you're definitely seeing more flat storage, the big hoop type buildings. Yeah, at you know farms, commercial elevators too. Just because one, they're cheaper than upright storage. And and they're like you said they're flexible. You can you can uh, whether you, you you put dividers in them or you just change out the crops or you can put fertilizer in it one year or grain in it another or what yeah. have you. So, you know that makes a lot of sense. Have you uh, Dan w- w- with interacting uh, on, on on Ag Twitter with uh, some of the you know or seeing you know some of the banter with uh, elevators or, or farmers on there. What, what's kind of been some of your takeaways as far as producers go? Is a farmer a farmer no matter where they're at in the world? Or is there, is there different character traits or, or things like that that you've noticed? Um, uh, there's, there's, there's certainly, yeah, there's, there's, there's certainly uh, traits that, that you can recognize the world over. Um, uh, and, and I think... Uh, putting it as politely as possible, I, I think one of them, the, one of the obvious ones, is a, almost an, an allergy to, to to spending money. <laughs> um, 
but I think a lot of that comes back to historic times of hardship um, when when you you had to be uh, super careful with with every bit of income you you had mm-hmm. um, and what you did with that income um, and and I think that's that sometimes can can cloud uh, decision making process um, when when you need to sometimes speculate to accumulate. Good way to put it. Do you see? So I, I think that when you talk about uh, cost, one thing we do over here that is uh, is is crazy is farmers will at the end of the year if they got a bunch of income either they'll they're trying to defer it to the next year for tax reasons or they're trying to spend a bunch because they've made too much and they don't want to pay taxes and i i would imagine no one anywhere in the world likes to pay taxes but it's you know it's a deal but um it is there is there much it, it seems over here it's a it's a huge part of the the thought process in farming and managing the money side of it is tax reasons is yeah. that an issue over there as much or no it, it is um like you 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 will find that that in instead of uh instead of maybe taking a bit better tax advice um people might end up in a situation where they they need to spend money at the end of the tax year mm-hmm. um so by a, a brand new shiny tractor when they maybe didn't really need one and 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 could have could have managed things better yeah so okay so it's just exactly like the same That's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> now i i gotta manage uh, imagine too with y'all's biggest intake being wheat guys yes. gotta be happy with the wheat prices right right now right? I, I mean i assume they're pretty high compared to yes. typical times going into harvest right yeah there's, there's certainly uh i think we're we're of a similar age and, and these are these are certainly record prices that i've seen in my lifetime mm-hmm. um the for, for our our growers uh in in this country the 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 way the the timings of the the seasons are is that the, the crop that's being harvested now has, unless somebody got something catastrophically wrong, it, th- these crops have been grown with inputs that were bought and paid for in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's the crops that are growing um, this autumn onwards that will be rely, relying on newly priced inputs of fuel, fertilizer, seed, uh, sprays, chemicals, the rest of it, um, it it's, it's those that will um, that will struggle to give the, the margins that the, the current crop growing now is, mm-hmm. is going to provide. Yeah. Um, and un- fully understandably, that that is of, of concern to everybody whether it's in the whole supply chain whether it's the 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 farmer that's deciding how much is he going to plant this year is it is it worth planting 
certain crops on certain parts of his farm that maybe struggle margin wise anyway with certain crops um and the knock-on effect of that to stores like ourselves merchants who uh, who see um uh scale of economies uh, uh economy scale sorry and uh the um benefit of volume of tonnage if if the tonnage goes down then then the margins struggle again um and then for the end users that are relying on these products the, the whether it's uh feed mills flour mills um that that need the crop um if the volumes of crop decline um then uh, the end users are, are going to need to look to alternative sources um to to keep making the products that they do Mm-hmm. Well, it's like they say, we're all in this together. And it, I, no surprise, it's a universal truth that, you know, elevators don't make a lot of money on handling sailboat fuel. You know, we kind of need something in the bins to uh, <laughs> to pay the bill, so to speak. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, in just uh, trying to get an idea here, so how many uh, ballpark uh, members or farmers uh, bring bring you grain? We have uh, about 80 members at the moment. Um, okay. And the, the, the scale of those uh, goes right down. We, I think our smallest member owns 40 tonnes of space with us. Uh, and our largest farmer member owns 14,500 tonnes with us. Gotcha. What would you say an average size of member space is just to give an idea of you know i guess capacity per i guess a hundred thousand divided by 80 would be my stab in the dark at that well i don't know math very well (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's very roughly somewhere (laughs) yeah somewhere anywhere between 500 and a thousand gotcha as as the average member and then i'm gonna uh, blow your mind for a minute here but how what's the an, an average farmer uh, around you, what's how many hectares do they farm? Well, I don't know. I'd have to look that up, really. Because oh, um, okay. we, we don't, with just being the store, we don't really get to see um, yeah, I guess what acreage these crops are coming off. Um, okay. So we, we don't know whether it's it yielded. The, the, the only time we know if it's, if it's yielded well or poorly, is if if people either don't manage to fill the space that they've committed to filling, or I'll get people on the phone panicking that, <laughs> can you squeeze this in? Can you fit this? I've got a bit more of this. Where can I put it? All these sorts of conversations. The, the fun ones, the good conversations. Yes. It's yeah. it's either end of the spectrum is always an emergency. Yes, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I was just trying to use the word hectares uh, yes, in conversation, you, so but hopefully I use it right. <laughs> Jolly good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's a good segue here to uh, to uh, pivot, if you will, Let's pivot a segue into uh, the, the culture thing, you know, so uh, I, I, if our listeners are a pretty sharp bunch, I think they can pick up on the different accents here going on today, uh, but being able to... Uh, you know, we have a common language we've established. And, and Dan and I have had 
some fun back and forth on, on Twitter. And then the other, uh, the other, you know, um, folks on Ag Twitter kind of chimed in time to time as well. Even the Canadians, you know, Pete Archer up there, you know, he's a, he's always a good time. And um, so anyway, some of the, some of the things that uh, we just kind of jotted down some notes to, to understand, we're, we're trying to understand one another better, right? You know, we're always talking about we're cousins yeah. from across the pond, but we uh, do. I didn't know that. Yeah, it happens. We as in are the, the Americans, right? I got you. In Arkansas, we're all cousins. Well, somehow. that's true. So this is with a little more distance between. So uh, that being said, we kind of wanted to devote part of the episode today to just talking about uh, things, questions. Uh, we're, Jason and I, just burning questions. Yeah. Okay. And if you have some for us, so obviously uh, we, we want to get into all that. But Dan did send, a, I will say, is a, a, Dan sent us some very unique uh good snacks from from england and it was stuff we never heard of I, it's uh it's a pretty wild so we one i wanted to say thanks dan for that we have uh really Im- increased our flavor palette and our waistline <laughs> in the office first we have the mountain of pringles cans here and then uh, we got the bags of ruffles all dress chips from our canadian listeners and then <laughs> some more goodies from across the pond so we're just getting all the fats here in the office (laughs) but the interesting one though is is uh dan and i got to talking about um pringles now now dan give me from wrong pringles is a pretty big thing over there right yes definitely um and this every time you go to the supermarket this seems to be a new flavor of pringles that you'd never seen before like an almost an infinite number of flavors of Pringles, um, which I, I think I, I sent Roger a video, just a, just a, a quick video of just the, what was on display in the supermarket, um, which suggests to me that you don't maybe have that variety in America. Well, we usually have the regular Pringles, the cheddar, sour cream, and onion. Those are big ones. You got a few more. They got the scorching kinds now, like a little, little hot. They they got a little bit, but not not I mean, to the not huge so, uh, and not to the flavor range. So Jason and I are sitting here by the microphone, staring at a can of Pringles that Dan sent us, and it is labeled the flavor. That's F L A V O U R, prawn cocktail. And so we're going to do a, an elevator's cut first here. We're going to open and try a can of Pringles on air and, yes. and see how it goes. Dan thinks highly of this flavor. He sent it to us. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to see how it goes. So do you want to do the honors, Chase? Well, is that true, Dan? Is this a, is this a, a flavor you swear by you enjoy? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Very popular. All right. Okay. Jason's In, unwrapping the over can. Here we call it shrimp cocktail, uh, but it's, it's great. It's got, got a little uh, pink umbrella. Um, Cocktail glass with shrimp and sauce. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so hopefully we'll put this by the microphone. We'll rip it open. There's some backbone into it. There you go. That's a What's first sound. impressions? What's the, whew, what's the sniff? It smells like shrimp cocktails, what it smells like. Holy smoke. Now, the, these are, these are we've learned that these are crisps, not chips. Legally in the U.S., they cannot be called chips. Correct. Uh, because they're extruded. 
and also in London because chips are French fries. And that's just something we need to address. Okay, so here so, we go. First bite. Wow. More cocktail than shrimp, which is a good thing, in my opinion. Like I said, I guess some. That's good, Dan. I know why you like them. Got a little horseradish Not vinegar bad. tang to them. It's a good tang. Wow. Well, I, I would recommend these. Which is good. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate it, Dan. That's that's uh, that my pleasure. That's solid. That's solid. Now we're we're definitely gonna have to make sure when we when we reciprocate, we'll actually send you good stuff because we weren't <laughs> sure exactly we're gonna be in the we thought we were getting punked. <laughs> so I have a question. Fries or chips? Chips or crisps? Explain. Um ch chips are chipped potatoes. Okay. Um and well, crisps are crisped potatoes. Um but, but you got fish and chips, but it's fries. Do, yeah. Right? yeah, we do have fish and chips. Um Yes, I, I think fish and chips used to be our, our national dish in the UK. Um, again, very popular. Um, very simply is, um, is, is chipped potatoes with a, a, a fish fillet that's been mm -hmm. battered deep fried. Wonderful. Uh, I love it. So it's a net... Would you compare it a national dish like the hamburger and French fries are for Americans? Would you say that's a, a an analogy that makes sense? I would thought so. Yeah. Okay. 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 Now you do. You also you do mushy peas. Had those. Uh, yes. That that's. Uh, that, that, I would describe mushy peas as an acquired taste. Um, I have to say, I'm 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 not a huge fan. Really. Okay. Um, but yes, again, they are they are fairly popular. So my my wife and I visited uh, London. It's been it was 07, I believe. Uh, we went over there and had mushy peas. I gotta tell you, I was a, I was a fan personally. My wife was not, but you know, I like peas. I like mashed potatoes. It's kind of the using the prep that you'd use for mashed potatoes. I would assume kind of with just with you peas. mash them, you just mash them up, you whip yeah. them into a frenzy and you put them in your mouth. And it was, it was good for me, but anyways. Um, now, I got right. I got a question got the, the koozie thing, you know, it's that you got the koozie and, yes. and showed it and made the comment about drinking lukewarm beer or room temperature beer. And I, again, I'm not good at picking up sarcasm or not. Do you drink your beer chilled or not? Um, if, if it's, well, to, to go back a step, what, what, you, what you would call beer is what we would describe as lager. Yes. Um, in which case, yes, you would have that chilled. Um, but if, if you were drinking... Um, uh, if, if you were drinking uh, proper beer, like a like an ale type beer, like a uh, an IPA or something, mm -hmm. um, then it wouldn't be chilled. It it would be warmer than that, but but not yeah. Um, okay. so sort of a, a more like ten degrees rather than 
So sort of, sort of halfway between frozen and room temperature. This okay. is Celsius. This is yes, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we that, had that discussion that, as well. <laughs> there's the language barrier again. So, so, so is is lager beer looked down upon as a, as a second rate beer? Um, there's, I, I think historically, yes. Um, b- b- people, um. People who drank lager were um, yes, were, were, were maybe the the, the less uh, how do I describe them? Um, Rednecks, the, 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 the less affluent members of society. Ah, okay, um, and and possibly the less uh, educated as well. Um, but they have the money to chill their beer. Well, yes, of course. <laughs> so they got that. Um, but but recently, um, we, we now have uh, what we call pr- premium lagers from um, from uh, France, Italy, Germany, Spain, um, which which are trendy, fashionable, and is 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 what people are drinking. That, does that include Stella? Uh, yes, Stella's maybe a bit of a um, a, a crossover, um, being uh, sort of the, one of the original strong lagers, um, uh, and and there's a uh, uh, a, a long-standing um, uh, distasteful. Uh, association between Stella and domestic violence. Oh, really? What? Yeah. Really? Um, See, that's you got to go into that because well, over yeah. here Stella is like the hoity-toity beer. Banquet. Because well, no, that's coarse. <laughs> because people they I mean, pour it in their special glasses and then they well, they it, shave the foam, the, the it's head the off. Christmas beer, right? It wasn't it made up for Christmas. Santa Claus doesn't like drink beer. I don't know. I don't know. But so tell me about this domestic violence thing. It's a Belgian uh, thing, right? In Stella. Yes, Stella's a a Belgian beer, um, lager. Um, I think, um, I don't really know what the the origins of it it are, but I I, I, I certainly um, don't think there's any, if if the people at Stella are are listening, uh, I certainly don't think there's any. They're way down on our list of sponsors. We have... We have a uh, we have a Paps Blue Ribbon, <laughs> which is related to domestic violence. Have, I'm pretty sure we have a white men tank tops that are <laughs> we call wife beaters. Do you guys call? Yeah, them? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's associated. I just don't see someone in a wife beater wearing or drinking Stella. Though. <laughs> right, that Stella's kind of a nicer beer uh, over here. But we're being lied to. Someone's yeah. getting lied to. Gum, it's a marketing. It's all marketing, man. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. So two words, and it took me a while because I I don't suffer from dyslexia, but sometimes my mind just plays tricks on me. Platyjubes. Oh, yes. So I read that as something completely different the first time I read it. It rhymes with it. uh, So anyway... It was actually one of your tweets, and I had, so I had to Google it. And I was like, ah, that's not anywhere close to what I was thinking. But so, tell us a little bit about what that because we we still, even though the history of our nation is you know to to you know the the rebellion and everything, 
Yes. Uh, our, our, we seem to have a huge portion of our population that's fascinated by the royal family, uh, uh, the British royal family. So platy jubes, was it a big a big deal? Is it just a, a yeah, no, no, a uh, no, absolutely massive deal. Um, and yeah, it, it's it's always uh, puzzled puzzled me that uh, although you you, uh, you 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 threw the tea in the harbour to uh, to avoid going through things like platitudes, um, <laughs> you, you you still we still um, are fascinated by uh, yeah but- yeah. Which is so play is short for platinum jubilation. Yes, right? yes. Ju- jubilee. Yes, platinum jubilee, which is um, a seventy years. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, so to to summarise, um, our our queen, Queen Elizabeth II, has has now been on on the throne for seventy years. Um, which which celebrating that was was the platinum jubilee that we've had. Um, for uh, the Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday that have just gone. Um, so everybody got two days off work. Um, the opening hours in the, the pubs and bars were extended um, and, and everybody uh, enjoyed a, a, a four-day party, um, which was very nice. Yeah. Well, maybe we should have kept a monarch. That sounds pretty nice. Now, all we know about the monarchy over here, or at least me, it, not we, I should t- speak for myself. Yeah, speak for yourself there. <laughs> is, uh, I learned it, you know, like Disney movies and stuff. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, you got, so you guys, the, so you're going to have to help me through this. I know this. Okay. So, so uh, the queen, she was married to a prince and I don't understand how that can be. Jason wants to know why he wasn't called king. Um, Because he he wasn't elected like she was? or (laughs) Is there no term limits? This is crazy. So 70 years. It's a long time. time. Um, uh, Yes. uh, To, uh, again, to to attempt to summarize, um, the queen married Prince Philip, um, who was... Part of a, another European royal family, um, so he was already a prince before we met the Queen, as far as I understand it. Um, and he, but no, we don't have a, a Queen and a King at the same time. Gotcha. But some monarchies do, right? Because it's a different type of monarchy. Um, yes, quite possibly. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. Who knew? <laughs> what else you got over there, Jason, on the old notepad? So when um, now I, you know, I like to play my Arkansas up and everything, and and act with the monarchy, but but really, so we got William and Kate, right? Eventually, yes. they would be in line. Now, when and William would be king. Yes, one day. He, Obviously, Charles stands between. Yeah, he did. So at the moment, William is second in line to the throne. Right now. But so what you and Roger tell me that I think I just learned that I thought I did know a couple of things, but maybe I did. It, Kate would not be queen at that point. No, she would uh, have another title. OK. Um, Duchess of something or. 
Well, she's already a duchess. She'd okay. get promotion from duchess. She'd be uh, some form of princess. Um, All right. Okay. All right. Interesting. Yeah, I'm learning things. This is good. This is this is the way the communication is supposed to work. <laughs> this is good. Now, on uh, in the Canadians, do the, the Canadians put your royalty on their money? Is that how that works? Yes. Okay. Um, be, because as as part of the Commonwealth, um, Canada uh, has our monarch as the the head of state along with uh, lots and lots of other countries um dan you're confusing jason he, he can't he can't what? take it right now this is okay i love it it's where great. were you in world history class i just you guys public school right so you only go so far out of focus on america <laughs> <laughs> in world history it's a america first policy you might have heard of it that was our public school education system oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, no canada is, is canada considered a dominion or just part of the commonwealth it's part of the commonwealth okay okay so they, they set their own laws internally um and they have uh their character there that's in charge. Um, <laughs> Trudeau. That's him, yeah. Um, yes. Uh, and, but the, the, the Queen is, is the, the, the head of state for the countries of the Commonwealth. Gotcha. So he can take all the Canadians' guns, but he probably couldn't take your the guns in England if you want. That's right. That's true. And, and, Equally, uh, the 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 laws we have in this country um, don't don't apply in any shape or form to, okay. to what the Canadians get up to. Gotcha. As long as they don't outlaw poutine, I'm happy. <laughs> that's that's that is a, a, Jason won't have it. Yeah, but I'm telling him it's it's fantastic. He's got to have so, maybe maybe Pete will send us some by a mail. Some, some gravy fries with cheese curds <laughs> overnight delivery hopefully um so so dad we've we've been we've been uh, peppering you with questions what do you got anything on our end or, or yeah, even if go. they're not questions just observations like why do you weirdos do this or whatever yeah um well it, it, i know it, it's it's topical at the moment but the and maybe we haven't got time to get to the bottom of it but the whole gun thing mm-hmm um yeah just just the i i i accept and understand the the origins of it and as as we've as we've discussed um uh, rebellion independence civil war all those sorts of things um but but to to carry that uh, uh that that uh, I suppose level of obsession um, in into twenty twenty two is is the really a, a a genuine fear of of the government. Absolutely. Um, I, I, genuine? It, I don't know. <laughs> is there a fear of it? Yes. How genuine? I don't know. I, I, 
So what's it look? I mean, does it look absolutely crazy from from your standpoint? It it it, it does. Um, yeah, it do, it does when you when you put it into the context of how things are in our country. Um, but then to to put alongside that um, when. Uh, the, the the storming of Capitol Hill um, um, was that la- that must have been last year now is it yeah, yeah um, a, year, a year ago yeah January that watch watching that live on on the news channels was absolutely bonkers yes um, well yeah. I, I think, you know, part of it is obviously, yeah, the, I mean, I, I blame England uh, first and <laughs> foremost. <laughs> I mean, we created the constitution because we're like, we got to have guns in case this happens again. And I uh, blame England particularly. <laughs> it, was, it was Great Britain. Okay. Um, I, yeah. And that's another thing. I don't know all the differences there, but I, I did see a Venn diagram that blew my mind on how all that works with that. But anyways, it's Ireland, Northern Ireland, but yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the British Isles and British yes. islands and uh, it's, but anyway, um, so we, I think that part of that is okay. Like no, all, if countries look and they say, Hey, these people are well, guns and there's maybe obsession with guns or whatever like you know no no not only does it scare our government which i think is what the the people here would say well the government needs to be scared of the people or whatever uh yeah. you know so they don't dominate us but maybe other world's governments are like dude we're not gonna go over there these people are insane and uh so you're you saying know. it's one big bluff yeah so <laughs> I, well what i'm what i'm saying is not only to protect us from our government, but also other people's governments are like, dude, it's not worth it. They're over there isolated. Let's just, you know, it's a, we have more guns in here than we have people. Yeah. So it's, it's just to the point you say in 2022, but I mean, I mean, what can you do at this point? They're out there, you know, but yeah, but then it's, it's like a, a, a a spiral that every time there's a, a, a horrific, tragic school shooting or a mass shooting anywhere. The 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 result of that is that people panic by more guns and ammo. Yes, people think that, that this might happen in my town. It's I need been, more guns and ammo. It's been so politicized. I mean, if you look at our country, we've got you know two or three main things that perpetually are at the top of politicization, you know, all the time, every election cycle. And it's like the election cycles don't ever end. They just, you know, it's, it's, do you have more TV political ads or less during the year is pretty well all it comes down to on that. But this stuff, no one, at least up to this point has not been allowed to not think about these things. These things are put out in the forefront constantly. Yeah. Is this always out there? I don't. I don't. I'm not saying this is the reason it is why it is, but it's it's like there won't. It's like you're forced to choose sides almost on a lot of yeah. this stuff. Mm-hmm. And that sounds like a grand conspiracy, but I, I, there's you don't ever get a break from it unless you choose to completely tune out of of the news, which is not a bad thing, at least over here, uh, for sure. 
uh, I, if I want to see the weather and go outside and look, you know, I, I'm in a, you know, supposedly the prediction business. Humans are bad at predicting. I just go out and look at the sky. I don't know if it's <laughs> going to rain or not. Uh, but I don't know, Jason, what do you think? I, I think the culture is just that it's, it's just been used so much for political purposes. Yeah. Every time anything happens, it's, it's, yeah, perceived as, oh, government's trying to take more ground Freedoms away, and, yeah. you know, vice versa. And so whatever it is, it's, it's just, so, so what's the big, it, what's uh, some of the big hot button political issues that hit over there? I'm not asking you to say one way or the other, what side drum, but it, is there stuff like that? Like, like something happened, like over here, it's guns, it's abortion, it's stuff like this, that immigration. Ultimately, yeah. Yeah, ultimately the politicians don't ever do anything, but they use it to get Keep everybody excited about it. About it. Do, do they do that sort of thing over there? Yeah, definitely. Um, in, in the, um, recently, well, I suppose in the last, uh, however many years it now we've had Brexit, um, mm, right. which on on the face of it, it didn't. It, it's a it's a, a trade. It's a trade issue. It's it's not. It didn't need to be such a political issue, but yeah. as soon as as soon as it gets politicized and people start taking sides and then politicians start making promises um, and, and the, the whole thing snowballs and be, becomes uh, basically entirely political. Um, and, and then when, when it, it happens and it's, uh, it, it comes to a well, not a conclusion because it's it's still rumbling on. Um, then a, a, a certain proportion of the electorate um, either say, "I didn't vote for this," um, or they say, "Well, I did vote for this, but this isn't how I wanted it to look," um, and it just has created such divisions between. Uh, between people in, in the country. Um, so that, that's been a, a, a major po political issue in, in the country. And then, then we have other, uh, other things that every country has, like uh, poverty and immigration and, and inflation and the price of fuel and the price of food and jobs and education and healthcare and all these things. Um, that that probably don't need to be um, as as politicized as as they are are made to be, um, but then ultimately politicians are in in the market for votes. Yeah, um, their politicians are acting like politicians, and that's yeah. <laughs> so. If your expectations are set accordingly, you shouldn't be surprised. Yes. but you, you mentioned the fuel thing, and I think we as another uh, uh, conversion we did the other day. So what what y'all are paying for on road diesel per liter over there worked out? What do we say about eight dollars a gallon? Over, yeah, over it's here. actually our fuel prices have gone up in the past week. Another. I see. Yeah. 
Uh, depends. There's always a bit of local variation, but sort sure. of between five and eight pence per liter on road diesel. Um, so quite that. How that converts to your dollars per uh, imperial gallon, American gallon. It's a lot of paper money. Yes, that's for sure. See, so listeners that are at, at elevators right now, if you got guys coming in griping about diesel prices, which they will, just tell them so. Oh, you know, it could be worse. You could be paying eight dollars a gallon. Yeah, I know a guy. It might be. It might be nine by now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely crazy. Yeah, I think here it's about five dollars per gallon, or a little above. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. Here for diesel. So, eesh, it's been a. How much is that in Bitcoin, Roger? Five dollars a gallon <laughs> until <laughs> until Bitcoin is quoted in Bitcoin. I pay no attention to it. How many Bitcoins in a Bitcoin? I think one. Okay. Well, but tomorrow it might be one point two. <laughs> oh, the um, so Dan, I, I got a, que- a curious question here. What if and you you can say no if that's the answer. It's fine. Don't hurt my feelings. If you was to ever. Would you ever consider coming to the States? And if so, where would you want to visit first? Um, yes, I would definitely. Uh, or maybe again, maybe you've already been here. And I'm assuming no, I, I haven't. Um, uh, okay. Um, I would like to see um, the Devil's Tower in Wyoming. Nice. Um I'd like to visit New England, um, Everglades. Um, where else have we got? Um, well, if you drive to, drive to all three of those places, you'll see most of the country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the, awesome. the, the big cities, uh, you, you can keep those, I think. Um, <laughs> Because it, uh, cities are, 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 are sort of cities. There you go. That's exactly um, right. But yeah, the, the other the other things that that you that are unique, um, I like that. I suppose like the, the Grand Canyon, Niagara Falls. Um, yeah, that, those, those sort of things would interest me. Yeah, nice. I know. I know. Roger had something at the end. He, he wasn't he wouldn't even share it with me he had okay. questions I, I thought about long and hard I, just... I will brace myself okay yeah <laughs> so dan i need to know who is your favorite spice girl um okay um um, um i would say jerry wow uh, I don't know their real names. I need you to name it in terms of which spice they are. Uh, the ginger spice. Ginger spice. Yeah. There we go. Very nice. That's been, I've okay. been waiting to ask that for an hour. That's <laughs> what's, wait, what's your favorite, Roger? I don't even know. Are they music? Is that what they do? <laughs> music spice? <laughs> I don't think that's one. Oh, man. 
Dan, this has been fun and uh, enlightening, maybe, I think our our listeners will be the deciders of that. Uh, But before we tune out here, you got anything else you want to say or mention to the the folks listening or, or anything at all? No, not really. Just thank you very much for having me. I think I know it's been a, a bit of time in the the making, the planning, the uh, making arrangements. Um, but yes, thank thank you very much for having me. It's it's been a, a lot of fun. Um, yes, and, and I, I hope I hope you've managed to get through all those Pringles and and sweets and various bits and bobs that I've sent you. Yes, thanks. And we're working on. Uh on on one to send send back your way from here okay uh, so if any we've we've got a few ideas but if any listeners have some ideas of things we definitely need to make sure snack chest what are we (laughs) sending we will so absolutely yeah send send them our way your suggestions we'll make sure send two one for us to try and one to send to dance (laughs) (laughs) all right dan again thank you so much for your time we really appreciate it no it's my pleasure thank you very much guys As always, thanks for downloading and listening. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with folks you know in the business. And if you'd like to reach out anytime about anything at all or have any show ideas, you can always find us on Twitter at Elevators Cut. Follow us there, tweet at us, DM us, and we'll always respond. Till next time, for Roger, I'm Jason. For Jason, I'm Roger. Thanks for listening to the Elevators Cut. Oh.